When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's going on? What the fuck was that? Oh, <laughs> shit. I thought I turned it on silent. I'm so, so sorry. I mean, yeah. let's fucking don't, don't, drop the don't, ball. don't edit this out. Let's do it. Wrong. <laughs> da, 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 da. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Knife Talk, a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, all you ham and eggers out there listening to something, needing something to listen to. We're the, we're the guys for you. My name is Jeff Fader, Fader Knives. Here with me is Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts. We're here. Ladies and germs, we're here. Guys, fuck's going on? <laughs> the fuck is going <laughs> on? Exactly. exactly. So stop everything. If you hear that little kind of giggle, that's, that's that, the Craig giggle, it means something. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you got, really? Craig? What are you giggling about? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Jeff. I okay, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, let it, we'll let it pan out throughout the episode. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, what's been going on? Um, we've got family over. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like silly season here at the moment because one member of the family leaves and another one arrives and they're on holiday. So when they're here, you know, we're on holiday. Um, so yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week, but I'm dreading this weekend. We we go to Disney on Friday Mm. and, um, I just, I just know it's going to be hours of queues and all, you know, and all that. kids not particularly enjoying it and i'm just like we're paying a fortune to be here um and the kids don't enjoy it so i'm dreading it but yeah that's the weekend coming up and um the week passed as yeah it's been a good one it's been a, it's been it's been a party week question for you i yes. seem to remember i feel like i'm in some sort of you know parallel universe i thought we already gone to disney world i think you went to disney world last year that and, was last year yes. and there was a lot yes. of vomiting that Amy was very sick. Amy was very oh, sick, fuck. yeah. Oh, okay. To the point where she was in hospital in Disneyland. Right. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and we were only there for two days, and, um, yeah, the most expensive uh, hospital trip ever. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're back, um, <laughs> yeah, with little Buddy as well this time. So, yeah, it'll be I'd, fun. I'd be in the intensive care with Amy right there next to Amy. We went to yeah. a, a local fair uh, summertime rolls through. A uh, fair comes by, and some of the rides I can't even watch. Like hmm. just watching them, 
makes my head start to spin and start to feel like motion sick. My kid wanted us to play bumper cars with me and my wife. And at first I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then <laughs> we, while we were waiting in line, watching everybody drive around and spinning in circles and crashing to each other, I was like, that is not fucking happening. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, fucking, they're pretty violent. Just get projectile yeah. vomit all over a three-year-old kid and his mom. Uh, does that happen <laughs> to you a lot? You get motion sickness? As I've, as I've gotten older, yeah. It, it, I like... I got motion sick maybe once or twice until I hit like my, my mid thirties. And all of a sudden I just started getting motion sick all the time. Like I can't, sometimes I can't even be the passenger in the car. Yeah. Wow. I, I have, especially when I'm at home, um, I'm the one that's driving when we're going places. My wife almost never drives, um, just because I can't handle, I, I, I get motion sick. Um, mm which makes it tricky when I travel because I'm almost never driving. And so I'm just like, my head's between my legs and I'm staring at the floor and just trying to focus on breathing. No, uh, just, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird development as I've gotten older. Yeah. I, I uh. went, uh, we went to the, uh, to Coney Island last weekend and we went on the wonder wheel, which is like a hundred and something year old Ferris wheel in Coney Island. And <laughs> I, all I could look at Sounds was like a death trap. All I could look at, it was fine, but all you can look at it are all the welds. And you're just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, yeah, <laughs> they didn't even take the fucking slag off that one, and it's painted over it, and you're just like, that piece of angle iron is certainly bent, and what are the chances yeah. of it being, you know, is it going to be my problem? But everything was fine. That yeah. video was very National Lampoon uh, of all the family going away and having a great time. It was, it was well, nice. we're, we're in, you know, countdown to, when this comes out, we're six days away from going to college so we're mm. trying to we're bucket listing all the things we normally do i think we're getting mm. i think the girls are getting a little too sentimental <laughs> about it but in the summer we go to coney island and then we finish it off at uh, city island which is this little seaside italian seaside place where they have like fried fish and stuff so yeah we're kind of like getting every as much as much you know summertime stuff in as possible because school's next week so yeah oh does that mean you're going to be here to record next week yeah, I'll be here. I'm leaving. Okay. We're leaving on uh, Saturday morning, and we'll be back Tuesday. So oh, I gotcha. we're just gonna, you know, I, and I'm trying to be. I'm trying to. T I'm trying to say we're, we should be there less, frankly, because it's like you got to rip the bandaid off. You don't want me hanging out when they're. <laughs> you know, you just get them into the dorm sure. and fuck off is what I would normally do. But I, I'm uh, I'm voted out in that situation. So <laughs> <laughs> six days. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's fine. So, have you got any big plans? Having the house to yourself, yourself and your wife. Any, any, uh, we're anything to look forward to? Frankly, I mean, we're right now. We're just trying to like maintain our own like mental health because you know, someone who's been in our house for eighteen years and we just pass even the passing in the hallway is fun. You know, we, mm. we, it, there's a lot of things that we're gonna be missing. But like I said, you know, we're. We're, uh, we lived together. Hill and I were together for before Lila was born for a long time. We had a great time. We have lots of plans we're going to do. But, you know, and it's not the end of the world, but, you know, it's going to be different. That's all. So yeah. Art studio in the bedroom, the spare bedroom, straight away, no, is it? That no, kind I, of thing. <laughs> you don't know what I wanted to do, but I'm not going to do it. I wanted to get the uh, the Peloton. Um, uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring, I wanted to get the, I wanted, I love to turn Lila's one. Of, Lila's got two rooms. She's got like a suite. What? Mm. It's yeah. Well, it's two rooms joining, and then one was the guest room. We never have guests, so I said, "Why don't we turn the guest room into your like 
lounge. So she's got, she's always had this kind of, and especially during the pandemic, it was, she's home all the time. So it was like, yeah, yeah. That's right. she should, you know, let her have as much as she wants. So I was wanted to get that. Who gives shit? Honestly, Morocco, how are you? I do have a, I do have a knife. I do have a metalworking story, but that's enough about me. Morocco, how are you? I'm good. Uh, yesterday was actually my wife's and my uh, ninth anniversary. So that was Congratulations. Fun. We got the uh, the grandparents to watch the kid, and uh, so the wife and I went out and got dinner at this cheesy uh, chain restaurant um, just before we went and saw the new Indiana Jones movie, which was good. We liked it. I thought it was good. It felt like it, it, it had a very strong feel and vibe uh, in line with the original, like, what is it, three movies he did? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, Five, like that. yeah it was good. We really liked it a lot. Um, so... And then we went out for a couple cocktails afterward. Uh, just downtown, we have a tiny little hole in the wall cocktail bar, or craft cocktail bar that like seats like twelve people. So uh, we went and got a fancy drink, and then we headed home. And then we had fancy drinks at home and chatted about the last nine years and where we see things mm-hmm. going and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. So nice. Yeah, the rest of the oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying very nice. Sounds very nice. Yeah. Civilized, civilized outings. Yeah. Yeah, slept in. It was awesome. Didn't have Whoa, any, whoa like, too much information there. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I didn't have a fucking seven-year-old climbing up my nose at 6.30 in the morning saying, come play with me or make me breakfast. So it was nice. <laughs> so everything else is good? Yeah, everything's uh else is good. Uh let's see. Oh, my class, my West Coast class just filled up. We got our last student yesterday signed up, which I'm really excited about for my decoding mosaic Damascus class at awesome. the end at the end of September. I think there's still a few spots for the New Hampshire class, the East Coast class that's from October thirteenth to fifteenth up at Zach Jonas's place. Uh anybody wants info, just email Zach. He's got all the details on that. Uh, I'm really excited for it though, and I've I've started threads with these people, and we're just kind of talking about different things we'll do while people are in town because people are traveling to this to my hometown, which is kind of fun because the class is only from like nine to five during the day, and then afterwards, like we're gonna kind of fuck off and have dinner, and we're gonna go check out a few of my favorite spots. Um, We might have a little impromptu like a eight ball pool tournament. Whoa! Um, (laughs) One of my favorite places to play pool. What's that? Thank God, thank God you said pool tournament. <laughs> when you go okay. out for an eight ball, I was like, oh, shit. What's up, <laughs> 1982? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a serious, all of a sudden, it went from... We're hogging down the book of sugar. I mean, it went from fu- fucking fast to real fast. <laughs> um, I got... Uh, oh, I'm working right now in the shop, though. I'm working on building size for my uh, brute... Uh, what is it? Brisket Brute knife, the, which is the knife I built for Blade Show. It's a big old 11-inch uh, kind of scimitar-style uh, knife. And I think everybody support. I posted the other day about trying to figure out a name for the pattern because often when I make my patterns, I'm just exploring new processes to create different shapes and line activity and all this kind of stuff. But I don't really have a name for them like right off the bat some sometimes it's like boom oh my god that looks just like this that or the other thing or i'm working to replicate something but sometimes it just comes out and i have no idea what to call it or what 
what to represent it. So I ended up calling it Dragon's Wake because it had this look of like a boat shooting through water and like glass water. And it's like the way it drags the pattern down. It's not a feather, but it has the effect of kind of a feather. Hmm. Um, but anyways, it, it looks like a wake, but it also has this like these uh, line activity that looks like swirling clouds and stuff to me. So I was like, well, what would make awake through clouds and we love dragons in this house and so we called it my and i asked my kid i was like what should we call this bud and he's like dragon fire and i was like well i already have a dragon fire one but we added the dragon to the theme so nice we called it dragon's wake uh i'm trying to think what else oh i had a customer this is i'd be interested see if this has happened to you guys i had a customer's uh refurb fall through the cracks and this is a knife that i actually got like fucking three years ago to get cleaned up it was a really great knife the customer's mom was trying to be helpful and she scrubbed the shit out of it with an sos pad and yikes fuck out of it and <laughs> stripped all the contrast out so he sent it back to me to get refurbed and uh <clears throat> at the time i was in the middle of a couple builds so i didn't stop those uh to to do that and i, I let him know that that was what was going on and and then i was struggling with getting a good finish and i and you know as good as my finishes come out sometimes it's a trial and error kind of situation and then i finally got a finish on it and then he reached out to me about building a scion and by that uh while i was working on refinishing the knife um and then I don't know what the fuck happened and I it I lost track of it and it fell through the cracks for a long fucking time. Like fell through the cracks, I mean you lost it or you just No no no, I have okay, the knife. Right. I just okay. like I put it in a place where I'd never look for look at anything and I just like com- basically kind of completely forgot about it. And finally, like understandably, the customer got back to me or like reached out uh and was like, What the fuck is going on? And um yeah, we thankfully I had the help of my wife to help be a little bit diplomatic because I wasn't going to get mad or anything. But I, I uh, like lately again I've I've talked about struggling with uh, like depression and anxiety and ADHD and all this shit. And so just like all of a sudden I like fell into like this anxiety downward spiral hmm. and I was like I don't know what the fuck I can do and. It was stressful, but fortunately, it, it just comes down. My, my wife helped to smooth things out and talk to him about what's been going on over the last couple of years um, with us personally and kind of filling him in on all that. And uh, and he was very understanding, and he actually shared some of his own personal stuff that he could relate with. And, and more than anything, he just needed communication and i'm so thankful for his understanding and 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 flexibility um because i could easily understand somebody being like fuck you i want my money back i never i'm gonna talk shit about your you and your work for the rest of my fucking life to anybody that'll listen and the lesson ultimately is just to continue and jeff you do an awesome job and i'm sure craig you do as well but maintaining uh, or anticipating the customers. Um, what do you say, Jeff? Anticipating the customers. Managing the expectations. Expectations and maintaining an open level of communication and transparency about what's going on. And people honestly are super understanding, especially when there's delays. And I know for me, I really struggled with customers or sorry, custom builds because of, because of constant setbacks with other builds and delays and shit like that. And 
passing that word on down the line when you have, you know, an 80 person deep order list is stressful. And just thinking about how that delay is going to compound over all of those builds coming down the way. Um, yeah, it, that's the kind of stuff that would send me into a downward spiral of anxiety and stress and depression. And, and, um, and fortunately, I think more than anything that like people, the customers are excited for your work. They're excited to have something made by you, whoever you are, because they like you, your story. They like the work you're making. They're excited to use it or even just hold it and look at it, but they're really excited. But when you lose track of that line of communication, things start to get frustrating and confusing and and, and, and it can eat away at you as well. And it eats as, away you know, at me yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, I get to a place where I'm like, I feel like curling up into a ball and hiding in yeah. a fucking oh, black hole. Too. You know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so how did the knife turn out anyway? Uh, so I'm built. So the knife turned out great on that. And I'm building a Saya for it right now. Um, we're going to take care of the guy on the Saya and we're just going to get it to him ASAP. So I'm working actually on the Saya for the brute or brisket brute and this old refurbished knife uh simultaneously simultaneously to get them out the door uh, and get those people happy and be able to move on because also at the same time like when you get that shit off your shoulders like it feels incredible and like all of that stress and anxiety just melts away and i have a bad habit of getting stressed out and then curling up into a ball of anxiety mm. instead oh, yeah. of um you know trying to take take care of it head on because honestly it's not going to go anywhere until you confront it anyway so fucking you got to do it you, you got to like you were saying jeff like you got to rip off that band-aid and fucking make it happen so that you can continue to move forward and move on well the other thing is and something we don't really talk about on this podcast is you know we may, i make jokes what this is art and that's not art but there's a mentality too that is very for creative people artists and sculptors they put everything and you know artisans and craftsmen they put more vulnerability in themselves in their product and then they and then when they want to have be in business it's hard not to take things personally for sure mm -hmm. and that's the yeah, big yeah. that's a huge problem and 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 i used to get freaked out and and stuff like that but at the same time i've it's so it sucks that you had to give them so you had to give him so much you know, you had your wife to say something. You had to say, you know, all, they go back and forth. All these, I, I'm sorry that you had to go through it all, but it just seems like it seems like a, it was just a lot. It was everything was a lot. Yeah, well, and it, as it went on, obviously, it, it, like I said, it compounds. It gets becomes right. more stressful, becomes heavier of a burden to carry instead mm -hmm. of confronting it earlier, or sooner, and and just working it out and. So I, I am thankful that my wife helps me with the administrative side as well as um, kind of the, the customer engagement and interaction because uh, over the years, like I, I can do the, the, the Facebook and Insta or like, I guess the in Instagram content and making videos and sharing stuff and talking about stuff. But I really struggle with, especially when it comes to co potential confrontation. That's, it wasn't even a confrontation at that point. It was just potential confrontation. Yeah, yeah. And in my head, I just started building up this fucking crazy story, this person about this person and all the terrible things that could happen. And just, it just yeah, made everything too worse. Much, it's too much energy spent. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, I'm, I'm trying to, as I get older, I'm trying to learn to learn from these things and learn these lessons so that, um, 
well, ideally, hopefully it doesn't happen in the future. And even if it does happen in the future, I can't guarantee it's not going to happen in the future. But if it does, I can figure out how to manage it or nip it in the bud sooner than later, um, rather than l allowing it to kind of gain yeah. okay, strength so and momentum. You do some role play. I sent you the knife. You forgot about yeah. it. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. I'm writing you an email saying, hey, it's Jeff. Yep. I was just wondering how the knife's going. I haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, well, what's 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 going on? What's your now? What's the new Mareko Mamasi answer? I just, the, I mean, <laughs> I, I that part I've worked out. It's just when I I haven't uh, had people fall through the cracks like this before. This All is right, actually so, really so, kind was of the it, first one. so that's not very. It doesn't. If it happened every day, I would say okay, you got an issue. But it doesn't happen every day, so no. you know it's a. Uh, I think you're too hard on yourself. That's really that, what it that's comes. That's 100 percent part of it. Absolutely, but and you yeah. do too much for these people because you know there's a very good chance you fucking destroyed your brain over this. You finished the thing. I took a few maybe even uh, years off my life. Probably put it. a couple years <laughs> off your life. You probably put a little bit extra into that sigh because you felt guilty. You're probably going to throw a couple extra things in there, a sticker pack or a fucking hat or something. Don't, put, don't put extra pressure on him. I'm just we saying, going here's what's going to happen. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you what exactly, what a very good chance it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. You got all this done. You got all this done. You got all this done. You send it in the mail and you never hear from him again. Not a thank you, not nothing. There's a very, very good chance that you'll never know. Right. And but, all that excess is nothing. I had a guy, yeah. I had a guy who, who, uh, He's this big mock. I know knives. This is how I keep my knives. I know all about it. I don't. He gets this knife and he sends me a message. He's like, my my machine only goes to seventeen degrees. What should what machine for sharpening? Which I said, don't send it to me. I'll take care of it. He tells me this. He tells me that. He tells me this. He tells me that. Da, 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 da. I fix it. I send it back to him the same goddamn day. Never heard a fucking word. You never yeah. hear a word from me. You know you you. Yeah. So I I try not to. Lie. You know, the, 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 the cards are stacked against you in terms of people behaving nicely. So it's like, <laughs> I think you're too hard on yourself. That's right. Well, think. and I think, and yeah, I am going to, I'm going to be building this side and it's going to take a couple of days, two, three days to build the, the way I build my size. And I do like a leather inlay and liner on the inside of the side and everything's like beautiful and fits perfectly and all that shit. But honestly, like I'm doing it for my peace of mind. I'm not doing right. it really. I'm not doing it. For, I'm part of it is doing it for them, but yeah. I'm trying to create my own peace of mind and uh, around it. And whether or not I hear anything from them does not matter. But you feel guilty for an accident. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. fair. Like I mean, kind of. It, it puts too much burden on you. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, quite yeah, often, yeah, quite often, what lives in your head it was grows an quicker. Sorry, yeah. I'll have it out tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's like I, yeah. You know, I don't. I, I hate. I hate the fact that you have to shoulder all this burden that you put on yourself. And it's like, you know, it is. I think it might be an age thing. Maybe as you grow and you get through these things, and that, that shit doesn't hardly ever happen to you. No. Like fucking Mareko yeah. Mamasi for Christ's sake! That shit doesn't happen every day. You're not like klutzy, yeah. klutzy Mamasi. It shit happens once. <laughs> Last time we heard anything was years ago. You said you dropped the knife before you shipped it. And you had to fix it. We yeah. don't hear shit like that from you at all. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen very often. So but again, I'm yourself. doing it for my own peace of mind um, to make up for it. Do, do, you, don't, you don't owe anybody. No, you made a mistake. I, yeah, no. And it, well, and I've talked about this before, too, that I really struggle with perfectionism. And part of that 
perfectionism issue is me. Yeah. Is, is 100% is me being hard, harder on myself than I need to be. And I'm, that's also more other shit that I'm working on. But in the meantime, you know, it, it's fine for me. I feel good doing this extra shit, um, for my own peace of mind. Well, that's good. The, that's forward. then that's worth it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I do for my peace of mind, Craig? What do you do? I fucking apparently I'd make railings for free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I I I have to tell this. Well, we might, we might as well do a, a read, but I have I have a story I got to tell you guys. This is driving me crazy. Okay. You cue that up, and I'll cue this one. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. There we go. So, so I don't do railing. I, I mean, the last railing job place I was at, we did railings all the time. I've been into two shops. I've spent 15 years built fabricating railings. So I know what to do, but I don't want to do it because this shop is not set up for railings. I, I'm just not set up for it. You know, you know how it is. If you, somebody, you went into someone's wood shop and they said, let's make a knife, for you to set up to make a knife would be a big production. I get I get asked once in a while from a friend or someone to make some railings. So, in the last six years, I've probably made six railings. Well, you know, two posts, no pickets, nothing, nothing special. So, and a lot of it's because the steel yard is far, far away. The metal metal supply, the MIG, uh, the uh, welding supply store is far away. It just doesn't pay. So, a friend of mine asked me to make some uh, railings for his restaurant. Been a good friend for a long time. I'm like, I got you. I'm gonna make it out of stuff I have in the shop, though, so it's gonna be a little bit avant-garde. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going. I'm not, especially considering you're gonna pay me the fucking pizza. I'm not gonna buy a fucking cap rail, that's for sure. So I made these great railings, and he posted it on the restaurant's Facebook page. Huge mistake, because all of a sudden my phone lit up. Oh shit! And it while well, few people, but one was one that I know all of you have heard from. Guy sends me a text in the middle of the night. He says, hey, you know, I was thinking about you. I saw that post about the railings. I was thinking about you. I have this vintage car. It's a, it's a really special. The handle of the, the passenger side broke off. The, hat, the handle broke off. So I'm hoping, and he sends me a drawing. I don't even, I can't I'm really, under, you know, if somebody sends me a drawing. I'm hoping you can fix it. And I see that obviously there's a cylinder and the cylinder rotted in the middle of the door broke and it broke you know he fucking grabbed it too many times old car whatever mm. he says this is a unicorn you can't get it anymore as soon as they say and then he started prefaces saying i'm hoping you can help me with a project red flag help me with a, i hope you can help me with a project means for free that's what that's what they're hoping for cars a unicorn and i wrote to him immediately look if you i don't really work on cars if you want, take the door panel off. You got to take the parts together. I need the handle and I need whatever's inside. I don't know, but I would imagine that's how you start. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know. He goes, well, I don't think you need to do that. I think you could probably just weld it into the door. And I said, I certainly can't. I certainly can't weld it into the door. I gotta, I'm telling you. I said, the other thing is, it's rotted. The part's rotted. I'm probably going to have to replace a piece. I'm not, this is even for me. I'm not even a car guy. And he goes, I really, I really think that you should look at this. And it was text all night. And I said, I, I know what to do. I know. He goes, I don't want to tell you how to do your business. I know you were a metal guy, but I think that there's a probably, I'm sure it's a very simple fix. <laughs> and I was like, he was just wouldn't let, give no for an answer. And I said, if yeah. you want to stop by the shop, 
I'll take a look at it, but here's what I'm telling you. It's rotted. You can't weld it. I can't weld the joint if it's buried in the middle of the goddamn door. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do it. So it was just like, so it was this whole thing of like, you, the, but the real thing was, it was very similar to how people who in the knife world, when they call you up and they says, oh, it should be very simple. All you have to do is this, this, and this, and this. And it's I really simple want, and I'll tell you how to do it. I really want to do it. What I really wanted to say was, if it's so easy, fucking do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so that was my frustration for the week. Ugh. Fine. But good things happen too. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Shall we get on with some questions? Fine. But half an hour in. Jesus yeah, Christ. We're, we're, we're making it happen. We are. We are. Okay, first of all. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. KNIFETALK15. 15% off. Okay questions um so these are questions people have dm'd us on instagram we are knife talk podcast on instagram uh, if you've got a question send it to us and butch sullivan has done exactly that and he said hey buddy um i hope you're all doing great uh, i don't know if you guys have talked about this at all but the question i get asked the most about knife making is how long does it take um i really don't have an answer for this as a hobbyist maker i work on parts for knife after work and family stuff I was wondering if I asked this question, what is your response? And he says, I mean, I've hand-sanded blades for longer than I care to admit. As for a finished knife, between 6 to 20 episodes of Knife Talk. <whistles> and he says, cheers, Butch. So, Butch mm. Sullivan, um, Mareko, how long does it take to make a knife? Just as a clarifier, uh, Butch is on Instagram. It's zero sully, S-U-L-L-Y. Um, yeah. So... I mean, for my work, often it's, I mean, it depends on the style of knife, but if I'm just doing a straightforward integral knife, that's at least a 40-hour knife, 35, 40 hours. Mm. Uh, That's a non-mosaic. That's not laddering. It's just a forged integral. That's probably a 40-hour knife, 35, 40-hour knife for me. Yeah. Wow, that that was a much more exact answer than I was expecting. Yeah, I, I, we've definitely. we've spent like over the last couple of years, we've been trying to figure out um, like how much time am I actually putting and so putting into building these knives, so we can figure out you know at at the price that we're charging, how much is that? How much does that work out to an hour? Or just trying to figure out where the value of the time is, and and where there's opportunities also to grow efficiencies or develop efficiencies and streamline things. And so we broke the process down into, I think, like five or six phases. And each of those phases is broken up into um, like upwards of sometimes like 20 steps um, and kind of just clocking myself. And mm. and that, so that's where that number kind of comes from. That rough number comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in Butch's camp. Um, so I am now I'm basically I'm a hobby hobbyist maker now. Um, you know, since, you know, having kids, you know, and the rest of it, I'm, I'm basically a stay-at-home dad. So I try to carve out time when I can, which I think is the same sort of situation as Butch. And um, I'd say things have changed massively from, from doing sort of runs of knives where I'd get them sort of laser cut out and I'm just, you know, doing the bevels and handling all the rest of it. I, I could comfortably do three a day mm. um, 
in that way because they're all the same. Everything you know, I, I, I'd, and I wouldn't do three a day. I, I, you know, it would work out over time about three a day. So I'd spend maybe a week on handles, um, a week on bevels, a week on handset, and that kind of thing. And, and it would then work out for whatever batch, probably about three a day. Um, but now going back to being a hobbyist maker, I'm finding it a bit strange just doing one knife from the beginning to the end. And um, so I'd say probably about four or five days um, for a uh, for a stock removal knife. Um, and I think if I told myself that 18 months ago, two years ago, I'd be like, what? Pull your finger out. <laughs> um, but but that's, that's, that's the way it is. That's the situation I'm in. So, yeah, as a hobbyist maker, I'd say... I'd say probably, yeah, probably 15 to 20 hours um, per knife. Okay, so when you said four to five days, you're not saying four to five full days. Oh, God, no. Yeah, well, I, said- I, only, I can only dream of four to five full days in a row in the, in the shop. Um, no, I mean, you know, collectively, yeah. I think in Sweden, they call a man in your position, Craig, a latte yeah. papa. A latte papa. A latte papa. <laughs> papa P, as in father or yeah. popper as in like no, like meal nitrates. As in a papa. Latte yeah, papa. Yeah, a man yeah, that, that lives a sense. life of luxury. Latte papa. Oh, <laughs> a life of luxury. <laughs> and children. Got to be, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I I'd never would have thought, um, you know, pre-kids that being a stay-at-home dad would be as difficult as it is. It sounds, you know, it sounds like the dream. But it's such hard work. It really is. I so, yeah, it. hats off to anybody else in this situation. Um, it's a long slog. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jeff, how long does it take you to make a knife? This kind of uh, last week, my friend John, who I learned how to be a blacksmith from, who is an awesome fabricator, one of the fastest fabricators I know, just awesome, can take measurements, knock a railing out. He's working at a uh, he's the director now of a of a do- of a animal shelter and he's awesome and it's stressful he's dealing with real stressful dogs and and uh, I said to him anytime you want to come to the shop you're always welcome doors always open so he says I'd love to come and make a knife and you know if it were you know it'd be like a vacation for me so he said to and this is a guy who's forged this is a guy who's fabricated he's been around grinders he's been around drill presses he's been around all of it he's made a couple knives he says, you think we can make it in a day? And I said, no. He said, well, why not? And I said, well, there's heat treatment and there's tempering and there's glue. And I had to actually, because I didn't want him in for a week, only because we have work to do too, I had to figure out how to do it as quickly as possible. Mm. And I, so what I did was, I said, all right, we're going to stock removal this out. We're going to grind it out, drill all the holes. And then we're going to also make this handle scales. And then I'll heat treat it all, and then you put it together the next day. And mm. it turned, and he was just like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to have this thing ground out, and <laughs> I'll have this. He said, I'm going to have this done too sweet. You know, said, I'm going to have this done too sweet. And God damn it. He, I said, what are you doing over there? And, he, and he, this is a guy who knows how to use equipment, but he, do, he has no, the years and years of using it, making knives, he had no idea. And it took him, it took us fucking three days to make this knife because he was also futzing around and stuff like that. But the funny part was, was a guy who actually knows how to make things and knives. He had zero idea how long he thought it was going to take. And I had to take it out of his, I had to rip it out of his hands a few times because I'm like, we're going to be here forever, dude. I'm like, I, I've got, I got a life to lead here. <laughs> and and it, that's the interesting thing is 
everybody works differently. And there, mm. I all of a sudden, I, I was watching him profile, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? You're taking forever. I know that you know can move out of faster than that. And then I grabbed it of his hands. I did it. And it dawned on me that all the experience of the efficiencies and the little things and then doing it over in the, you know, like the Karate Kid Danielson, it fucking pays off. And it's like all of a sudden you don't realize how much faster you naturally are because you've been doing it so long. So it's mm -hmm. a different it's a different answer per person per how much you do. You know, I yeah. had a yeah. yesterday was our last day of our intern, and I didn't really. He, I thought we was going to get one more week out of him, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, today's my last day." And I wanted to knock himself. I wanted to knock out something for him. It's thanks. So I was like, "Ah oh, shit!" I thought I had more time, so we had a knife blank. Already heat treated, all the thing was glued. I fucking put the grounded, finished it, put the handle on. I didn't hand sand. He got the belt finish and finished it kydex sheath in three hours. But it was all the blank was already cut, the holes were already drilled, and then I, you know, cut some wood. The glue was still a little bit wet. I used we a four-minute epoxy. I used the four. I didn't even use a five-minute epoxy. I used a four-minute epoxy. Four minutes. <laughs> I used a four-minute epoxy. I had a whole ass. I hate using the four-minute epoxy, but it worked out perfectly yeah. fine. And yeah. it depends. It depends on what you're trying to get out there. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, the hardest part about knife making, I mean, in terms of time, is you the things you don't want to rush are the heat treatment and the glue to dry yeah yeah so yeah. it's like you know and and the forging and the making sure you get to the next step so i i hate telling people that answer i just like and it's also you're at somebody's asking you for some information to kind of gauge something i don't like it when people do that either yeah yeah, yeah. that's the thing it's not like hands-on a lot of it isn't hands-on time like i said you're waiting for stuff to dry so you're doing something else in the meantime um yeah you're waiting for things to ramp up in mm. the oven. you know yeah it's not it's not all you know knife in hand those right. hours actually back to what mareka was talking about my dad when my dad was a graphic artist graphic designer and some days when he was doing a lot of book jackets this is before i was born he was doing how many dads have you had fucking he a, one, a, a wine my dad guy. was a winemaker he was a real estate guy he was also a graphic designer he was a painter this is what the fuck you think where do you think this <laughs> this fucking beautiful guy you're talking to jeff fader comes from a fucking guy who does a million things i have that in my genes we fucking are mental patients and we do a pile of shit so he used to say to me when i was very young we we're talking about art and pricing art he would say don't tell people how long something takes you he says because at the end of the day and it was it was it was justified when i went to art school because he says in the end of the day it's the final outcome if it took you an yeah. hour or it took you weeks it depend. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, honestly, in regards to your timing, because it's like it's based on how it came out. Yeah. So I've always thought about that. Well, and I think part of the, the when people ask that question, they're trying to understand the pricing, like you were just talking about. You know, yeah. how do you yeah. justify? And so we're used to so many things being priced based on hours, I guess, or if you're whatever. You know, if it only takes you so many hours, then why does it cost so much? Um, um, and I think the reality is just like you said, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, what is it? There's this post, uh, this, somebody's telling the story about a woman who approaches a Picasso in a, in a cafe and she asks him to make him a drawing and he does it and he spends five minutes on it. And, she, and she's like, why would I spend all this m money on your work when it only takes you five minutes? And he's like, it's taken me a lifetime to get to this point. And I, I, <laughs> people don't understand how much trial and tribulation and honestly they don't need to they don't 
they don't care honestly it's like knowing how the sausage is made how much time is it taking you to get to that point where you understand how to do this work efficiently and effectively um because you know i i could if i was like for uh what is it the the dragon's breath forge hammer in like i built a decent knife in two hours um it wasn't properly tempered but to temper it would only that was the last thing that needed to happen um but it's a pretty fucking good knife so whether it's two hours or it's 62 hours it doesn't fucking matter what it comes down to is your level of expertise skill understanding that goes into making that a quality tool that's handcrafted by human hand not by a fucking machine and 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 putting it out into the world to to people who appreciate it and anybody trying to ask you to justify your prices get the, give them the gas face get rid of them immediately <laughs> i mean this is like somebody's unconsciously looking for a problem when they're trying to test you i don't know yeah. that's for the birds yeah okay fair enough okay who's taking the next one Uncle Sam's Metalwork says, I have a welding equipment question that I hope you can help. I have a MIG welder. It's a Hobart with shielding gas, and every so often the wire, the welding wire kinks after the feed wheel before it goes into the line of the torch. I'm using matching wire to the torch tip. I'm assuming it's getting kinked. Pathway to the torch is not kinked or, not kinked or bent. Please help. Hmm. Anybody have any MIG welding suggestions? Uh, I don't. <laughs> None at all for right. me, no. I when I, we were I had a, I've worked with a number of MIGs and there's a lot of weird things. Number the first thing I would do is kill the doubt. Take your take the whole the whole line out and bring it to a welding supply store and have them reline your MIG welder. It's not a the, the, just the you don't have to bring the whole goddamn thing in. Just bring the 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 gun with the the tube going the hose going all the way to the end. It should attach detach. I had an old welder taught me a trick. Because it's probably the liner. If there's like a little, that spring in the liner, if it's open too much, you're, it, and when you cut, when you're, when you're cutting with the pliers, it, but it'll like ding up like a, you know, like a bent up wiener. And then I kind of bent up a little bit and they're going to go in there and it's going to catch one of the parts of the coil. The other move is, this is may, this may be controversial, but if you're using, you're, you don't use the same size wire as your attachments. So oh, go really? one go one size bigger with your tip one size just a hair one size bigger and you might not have a problem and obviously I think it's the liner and if the, the what you also want is the liner to come out a little bit farther than the end of the the, the on the machine side have your wire have your liner come out a hair a hair uh, proud of the end of the uh, welder end of the MIG welder. That's what I would suggest. But it ha this shit happens all the time. The liners getting replaced at a welding supply store is cheap as shit, and it's always worth it. And you're just like, why didn't I do that before? Interesting. So, and it's also how you cut. If you cut the wire and you're feeding it through, and if it's hooked, it's going to jam mm, up on, yeah. uh, especially on a coil that might have a problem. That's what I would say. And here's a tip that's one size bigger than the wire. Try it. Makes sense. Yeah. So instead of an 030, get an o, like 035 or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. Try I gotcha. it. I mean, just the tip, not the not the liner. But it shouldn't make a difference. The liner is going to be the liner, whether or not the liner. You don't have to change the liner based on the wire, but sometimes that's a nice little move. So, 
Yeah, Mig Walter's gonna get they, especially they, it might be the liner might be kinked and you just don't realize it. Like if you if you wind it up, those the liner is basically like a giant spring, and if there's like something in it that might just open up a hair, it's gonna catch every time you kind of ride that. You know, try to ad, advance all your Mig wire. Hmm. Or Mig talk. Do you think I got a question? Um, if you're if the tip of your Mig welder is gunked up. And for right. some reason, it's not feeding out because it's gunked up. Uh, say, say the tip got too close to the work, and right. so it's it's not coming out. Right. But you're pushing the pedal or you're pushing the trigger, and it's feeding. Right. That might cause kinks in the line uh, or in, in the wire well, back at the welder if, box. If you're pressing the trigger and yeah. it sounds like it's whirling, but the yeah. feed isn't, but the wire isn't coming, and that means you means you're not tight. You're not tight enough when you when you put the when you I'm not using the correct terminology so don't fucking tell me when you put the <laughs> spool in you have like two springs that meet down and then the it you put your two I'm not you ever <laughs> since I said I'm not using the right terminology I'm like my brain is like completely sabotaging <laughs> myself so you could you could tighten it down so the wheels that advance the wire are a little bit tighter on the thing the other thing is is sometimes this happens like you'll have a there's two wheels that advance the wire if mm. the wheel is worn out it won't grab the wire to move it so there'll be some different size channels for the wire to go through if it's mm. too if it's too loose it won't it won't spin the other thing is if the if the uh the wheel channel is too wild out it won't advance it either the other thing is get yourself some get yourself some tip dip you know what i'm saying get yourself a jar of tip dip and I then you stick Tip dip is it's not really called tip dip, but it's like <laughs> you stick the you stick the the the, the tip the, the whole tip of your whole gun in this tip dip, and it prevents spatter from going on the insides of your uh, welder, and then the shielding oh, gas comes so up it and it doesn't stick. gunk up. Right, and then okay. those tips are also consumable because they're consumable. So as they right. get disgusting, you know you might want to get rid of them, and, and don't try to open up the hole with a drill bit. Just don't worth it. It's worth better just getting a the right size i got you yeah migs migs are trick migs migs the fucking funny part about a mig is the mig was really meant to make a very difficult difficult process very easy mm. but the problem is is there's so much shit can happen with the mig welder every mig welder is different and there's so much like little especially if you get an old one there's so many like everyone is as their own idiosyncrasies and it can be kind of annoying like my my mig i got from my friend this is like my third mig i've got i bought them i've sold them this one this one does certainly does not like it when they're when the when the the lines coiled it just fucking like it barks at me it's just like it's mad at oh, me wow. so it's not a great mig but it does what it, I make it happen yeah yeah there you okay, go cool. mig talk okay uh tortuga blade works you don't take this one Mark. yeah i got it tortuga blade works uh, I'm, co I'm contemplating going to an email newsletter format for reaching customers, uh, but curious what your strategies are on growing that reach. Uh, he has right now, or sorry, I guess he says, I have 23,000 followers on Instagram. Congratulations. Uh, but only 66 subscribers to my newsletter. Um, because I do very little e-commerce through the website. Uh, I do this. I did this last drop through my website and it was infinite, infinitely easier and less hassle arranging payments and getting shipping addresses, etc. So I guess, uh, he's looking for some help on, uh, so, so it sounds like he's got a decent following on Instagram. 
Um, but how does he work on building up that email list? I'm curious, or it sounds like he's curious what we think on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I any inquiry that I get, and I, you know, I'm sure like the the rest of you guys, you get sort of multiple inquiries a day. Um, I have a simple uh, response where I just say the way I work now is via the newsletter, and um, and I've set this up in such a way that I don't even have to type this now. So mm. I, you, in, on a Mac, you could have multiple signatures, for example, on oh, the, sure, the yeah. mail app. So I have a signature that literally just says this. So any inquiry comes, all I need to do is hit that drop down, pick the signature, which has got that full message in, and click send. And um, and generally, anybody who is interested in buying an iPhone will just will just join that newsletter. And I've done that for years now as well. Um, so yeah, that's the way I sort of get subscribers to that. Um, but then I have multiple newsletters. So when they get onto a newsletter, um, I then filter them off into, into various sort of uh, segregations. You know, people who bought me in the past and being all that kind of thing. Oh wow! Um, but the main thing is just is just is just capturing those addresses. Um, so yeah, just just have just, you know just write up a you know a, a nice sort of message. You know, shooting back to people when they when they're asking about you know I'm interested when you announce that you know the the gen, generic sort of mm-hmm. interest email that you get and. Um, turn into a signature and just, yeah, click that drop down to, and it's done in half a second. You haven't got to think about it. And nine times out of the 10, um, you'll get an extra subscriber to your newsletter. So when you have got something ready to ship, they're there, you know, you, you've got people waiting. Yeah. No, I think that's like a strong move. And I've done, I've done a similar thing, except for it's when people inquire through like Instagram, uh, I direct mm. them to my newsletter now and I either give them the link right there uh, to where they can sign up for it or they uh, I, or I direct them to my profile where they can go to kind of like my link tree that has the newsletter in there and they can sign up for that but I, something I've seen um, makers do and honestly something I've done myself just only recently is I'll, I'll be like showing the process of building a knife and, and showing the finished knife and or whatever and kind of taking people along not necessarily like a little build build along journey, but just like so that people are kind of following along the build, and then when it comes when I'm when it's coming available, I say you know just before I, I'm I'm ready to send out a newsletter, maybe a couple of days before or something like that, I'll post that you know this piece is going to be coming available through my newsletter. Uh, if you're interested, sign up. The link is in my profile, um, and I've actually. I've been building my email list pretty well through doing that. And then mm. a couple of days later, I send out a newsletter uh, with the work available. And then it's, um, I think right now what we're doing is kind of like a, a lottery system. Um, you know, I'm still not tra- sure if like first come first serve is the way to go or, um, and just putting them in a store or selling them through the newsletter as, as a, like a kind of a lottery system. Um, but I, I, I found that has been a good way to, uh, kind of get those emails together, especially when it's people who are actually interested in buying your work. Um, it's it's good to have, I think everybody should have a newsletter or an email that they can direct people to, even if they don't have, like, honestly, like for the most part, I don't have work handily available until it comes out in a newsletter. But again, when everybody, whenever anybody shows interest, I direct them to the newsletter, sign up for the newsletter. It'll let you know when new work is coming available. Um, da da da, and and that's been pretty good. Uh, and I've seen it work great for people. Like I see Neil coming more when he doesn't email. He just did a, de- uh, a newsletter drop, whatever, a couple days ago or something like that, or a knife drop, I think. But he sends a newsletter out, and that newsletter lets people know a few days before when exactly the things are going to drop, and then 
when the things get posted live on the website, he also posts on his Instagram. These knives are available now, but the people who got the newsletter, they're kind of getting like a uh, kind of a heads up. So they're kind of getting rewarded yeah, yeah. for sharing their email with you. Uh, it, I mean, obviously it benefits them, but yeah. So they get to be there on the drop right when it goes so that they're ready to rock and roll. Um, I've also seen like giveaways, like, uh, and I don't know what the rules are around that right now through Instagram. Um, but where people will do giveaway and then they'll direct people to, uh, like a, like a survey chimp kind of thing where people can sign up, uh, to become part of a newsletter or something like that. And then that through verification of that, um, then they get entered into the giveaway. And that's another way. Uh, and I think part of the reason people do that is because you can't just anybody who's emailed you, you can't just add them to an email list. Um, cause mm. that would be considered spamming. Uh, technically you, the people have to opt into it. They have to, you know, on, of their own accord, either by you saying, yes, I would like to be added to the email list in some sort of email correspondence or by going to a place on your website or through your Instagram or whatever, where you can, where they can sign up for a newsletter list and actually opt into it themselves. Um, I think there, there are some laws and protections against people or for, potential consumers and customers and like that to kind of keep them from getting their newsletter uh, or getting spammed by companies yeah, in that yeah, way. Yeah. So I think it's, that's a really important thing is make sure people are opting into your newsletter. Cause honestly, if people are like the, the, those are the people you want anyways, you don't want to just take everybody's email. Um, you want people signing up for a newsletter or to be emailed by you who want to buy your work because then you have a pool of humans that are just ready to th give you money as soon as you have something available. Yeah. And there's, there's a relevance to that as well, because I mean, once you send out a newsletter, you, you can get some, some sort of nice stats of, you know, who's opening it, you know, how many times they've opened it and that kind of thing. And, um, you can, you know, you can write some scripts and that kind of thing. So, you, you know, yeah. if people aren't opening your, your, your newsletters that you're sending out. And if that's been over, you know, multiple newsletters, you may even want to consider scrapping them off your list as well, or, or at least put them onto a different list. Sure. Yeah. Um, you never know, though. The, the, you, you, never you never know. know. You never know. Might be like, it might be someone, maybe they didn't open it, but it, like at the right time, the right place, they might. Yeah. Possibly. Po possibly. But over time, if you see that, that, that there's that pattern of they're, they're just not, um, you know, it may be worth, you know, putting them on, on a slightly different list. Mm -hmm. And, um, because you know it does cost, you know, sending send multiple bulk emails right. out um, does cost, and if you're sending these out to people who there's no interest in, um, yeah, and you know, and also you you can you can word those emails differently as well. You know, if if you've got people that you know are really hot and you know they're waiting to buy your next knife, um, which is why I put them on different lists because I think you can sort of communicate slightly different on those lists than you can yeah. to the shit list. What is almost like a cold selling list, otherwise the shit you know? list. The shit list, if you, you like. You got yeah. the shit list, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I know. I'm just like, yeah. you're about to make the shit list. You don't open that fucking email one more time. You're all, all, Amy, Amy, if fucking asshole over here doesn't open that, that email, straight to the shit list. <laughs> straight to the shit list, yeah. You know, one, of those, one email every three years. And then the shit those, list yeah, yeah. email is like, you're a piece of garbage. <laughs> you got the shit list email. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You have the friends email, the email of the, the real good customers, and then the pieces of shit email. Where you're like, <laughs> just to let you know, you if you're reading this, you you've made the shit list, and I just want you to know you're garbage. <laughs> Signed, so Craig Lockwood. <laughs> this is the last. You might actually do well with that. Can this, you imagine that? I can imagine you doing that, Jeff. Oh, using yeah? that kind yeah, of yeah, you that are kind of strategy. Awful human being. You haven't even. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> this is your last chance to redeem yourself. Yeah, this is it. No, this is it. Next time you don't open it up, shit list. And then I'm just gonna berate you every every week. You're gonna get a, just a how bunch of a garbage human being you are until oh you unsubscribe. Yeah. That's what yeah, I would do. The naughty list. Yeah. Well, what about you, nice. Jeff? How how have you been worked to build up your newsletter? Well, one thing is is I wanted to make sure that the the newsletter is not overwhelming. Half sure. you guys write these, you know, <laughs> respectfully. I'm saying this with peace and love and respect. There's some of the reasons why you don't open people's newsletters is because they suck. So it's like what we're trying to do. What Georgia? Did you just change the fucking? Did you already name it the shit list? I just saw a message saying that you that you just making some notes. I call it the shit list. Oh, you're hilarious. But uh, you know, it's sometimes. I mean, like, no offense, but sometimes you get these. It's it's almost like you you're all knife makers, but you all think maybe I should just rip off other people's newsletters, and they're you're, you're talking and you're talking and you're saying and you're saying, and it's just like nobody wants it. They want a little bit of something different. So I try to write mine and make them short, sweet. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not. I hate people who write quotes, so all my quotes are always ridiculously <laughs> stupid. Or sometimes we'll even write a quote that's not even true. Uh, Tony used to get in, was in charge of the quotes, and then he would take people's quotes and attribute them other to other people. And it was like we would just fuck around. It was just, just to wind people. We would up, just yeah. fuck around, and then I would get messages from people saying I. And then I made an effort saying our newsletters are coming on Friday, and people would write me messages say I look forward to your crazy newsletters <laughs> on Fridays. That's funny. And, That's and then sometimes Allison will take. She wants. Sometimes she gets excited. She's like, "Can I do the newsletter this week?" I'm like, "Sure," and she'll write, "It's Allison." I've taken over the newsletter. Fuck Jeff and all this stuff. It's it's funny, you know. And it, we kind of make it so it's like, you know, we make it kind of worthwhile. And it's funny. Mm. And there'll be something stupid. She'll do a dumb GIF on the bottom. There was one time Tony. I was away and Tony. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, what? Sorry. GIF, GIF, whatever you want. What do you want to call it? Call it whatever you want. 
What do you call I'm it? Jeff. What do you call it, Jeff? Jeff from now on. You call it Jeff? <laughs> so they'll fuck around. But then what I tr- what we try to do is, is in the, my Instagram stories, I link the newsletter a number of times a, a week. And then we're getting messages. I get messages from Allison saying how many pe- new people are signing up for the newsletter. So I, I really try to make it. And then I try to make the newsletters good. Listen, I, I don't want to call people out, but some people do too many goddamn newsletters. I get mad newsletters from one of these guys. It's like once a day. It's like what? Oh, wow. Are you crazy? You think I'm gonna? You think Tuesday wasn't good enough? So Wednesday I gotta do something too, and Thursday? Forget it. I don't, I'm not interested in your vlog. I <laughs> interested yeah, enough already. That's right. It's like they're treating it like a blog. You gotta, you gotta make them. You gotta go different than other people. Everyone's doing the same goddamn thing, and it's just like. You got to do something different. And, yeah. you know, we try There's to have be fun. A purpose, and now a it, yeah. it was great because Tony, Allison, and I, there was a good, like, there was a long time where we, all we tried to do is make each other laugh. So then that, and all of a sudden <laughs> we didn't give a shit if anyone read it or not. I would, Tony would write something, you know, disparaging about me. And then Allison would say, are you mad? I'm like, no, he's having a good time. If he likes it, then it's good. <laughs> you know, she would write something obnoxious. And then I would write something obnoxious. We, we try to make each other laugh. And then we were getting messages from people who really liked the newsletters. So insult these people, put them on the, on the shit list, you know? There you go. There you go. Okay. Exhausted. Uh, only two questions. No, three questions in. Wow. It's about time I told everybody about TexasFarriersupply.com. It's that place where they've got everything you need, whether you're a farrier, blacksmith, knife maker, whatever you want to call yourself. They've got everything that you need, including the award-winning, the sandpaper of the superstars, Indasa Rhinoet. They sell it there. So head on over to TexasFarriersupply.com. Fill up your cart with Rhino Wet and anything else that takes your fancy because use Knife Talk 10 and you'll get 10% off the entire order. So go take a look, TexasFireSupply.com. We also have some nice listener feedback. Nice listener feedback. Let's do that then. Well, the first one comes from, well, the first one might not be too nice to you. Uh, This (laughs) one comes from Kyle Heath, our friend Kyle Heath. Oh, fuck, what now? <laughs> yeah, on the shit list, Kyle. You're officially written. He's, put him on the shit list. Uh, Kyle, he says, if you had to play one song, but at the end you die, what would it be? And then his suggestion, his, his answer, his answer is mine would be Bottle Opener by Uplift. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> he, Kyle wants Craig to make him a bottle opener, and he was just, he's unrelenting for years. He's unrelenting. For years. For years. For years. Wow. You That's should great. write a song yeah. called Bottle Opener. Yeah, I should do. That's good. Yeah. This one's for my friend Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the shit list. You should write a song called The Shit List. Kyle's Shit List. Okay, funeral songs then. Okay, oh. it's not knife related, but what what we think in Morocco, what would you Holy like played shit. at your funeral? We'll come back to this. Maybe in the after show, we'll come oh, back. Yeah, you know, I, it's easy. That's easy for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, Robbie Robertson just died from the fucking, the band. So any Robbie, Ro- any band songs, I was sitting, I, the movie The Last Waltz was just like, I saw it, and I was actually sitting, I was back and forth with Jesse Killing, and he was like, this is killing me. And I remember seeing The Last Waltz. Uh, I shall be released. The weight, Cripple Creek. Uh, it's like you can't get away from it. And we, I would be a Robbie mm. Robertson song. Damn, I shall be released would Creek. definitely be the one. I, that's what I think I might have mm. even suggested. That that's the one that you know you play when I'm dead. You know, play that one. Cripple mm. Creek's a dirty yeah. song. 
Eh, it's it's not as good as the weight. The uh, it's not as one. good as the weight, and it's not as good as uh, I shall be releases the mod. On it, it's I hate to say it, it's better than Nina Simone's version. I'm sorry. Whoa. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm. It's true. That's my opinion. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, in my life, um, by either the Beatles or the Johnny Cash version. I love them both for different reasons, but um, yeah, I think that the words are quite fit in for funeral. Should we lift the mood? Can I just can I just say one? <laughs> can I just say one thing? Can I just say one thing? When yeah, Johnny sure. Cash was at the end, and uh, well, they dragged his ass out and <laughs> cover all those songs. Did anyone yeah. feel bad for him? There was one point where they had him on stage, and he obviously was just out of the hospital. Where they had like where the IV was a bandage. I feel like they just dragged his poor ass out there, and it was just like, "All right, perform, you old bastard." Oh, I feel like they did him dirty. Really? I feel like they did him dirty. I, I get the feeling that he wouldn't have done anything he wouldn't have wanted to do, surely. I it's the man in black. He doesn't give a fuck. Today. Oh, is that the right. song? I was going to say, I don't know what... I... Oh. No, not that song. The, in my life. You know, they're, they're, I'm not going to sing it. Go ahead, sing it. You're a big fucking it's, singer, you singer. Sing it up. <laughs> you singer. It's, you know, it's the Beatles Go song. Ahead. You know, that there are places I remember. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that's pretty life. good, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty Let's cool go. song. Yeah, and it's, it's a line that says, uh, for all these friends and lovers, you know, and, and it's, it's really nice. It's really nice. Anyway, yeah, in my life. That's a, we- a, that's think, a weird Rocco. line, We'll, we'll come back to this just to cheer people up. Is that all my friends and lovers. So it's basically for all my friends and the people I banged. It's just... Oh, wow. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, am I wrong? For all <laughs> yeah. my friends and people I fucked. I mean, it's like... <laughs> It's not as it's not as like lovely when you think about it. Like but that. Actually, no, it is because the next line is "There's no one that compares with yeah, you." Yeah, because you know, so I, I enjoyed fucking, fucking nice you all. Sentiment. I mean, yeah. equally <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> fucking Paul McCartney. I died of syphilis. Yeah. Did you hear that story? I mean, I hate to bring it. I'm gonna bring it around, but did you hear that story that when John Lennon and Paul McCartney were sharing a hotel room, they used to jerk off together? Oh no. Right, that's a very English public school boy thing. Oh, well, <laughs> apparently so. I mean, obviously, you know all about it. But I mean, like, he, he was talking about it. It was just like, like everyone was like, whoa, have mercy. Jeez, yeah. Anyway, Third Hill Customs has, has asked a question. No, I, I missed a few Listener there. feedback. We're still on listener feedback. Oh, yeah, go on then. Sorry. The Tradesman's yeah, Channel it. says, just a thought for your tips and tricks portion. A lot of us are making and selling knives and tools out of our forges and have a bad habit of focusing on social media to get our product out there. We worry about the video on a YouTube on YouTube that will make maybe 50 to to $100 uh, more than concentrating on a knife or tool that has potential to make is us many times that. I found myself burning up steel or hurrying through a project to get a con- get content when I was putting out three to four videos a week. Now I might try to put two a month, but my knife and tool quality has come way up as well as my sales. At the end of the day, social media is a great recognition of your quality. Uh, is great recognition, great, great recognition, but your quality will outsell the recognition in the long run. Have a good one, Jim. Hmm. Contents, yeah. you gotta. I mean, you gotta get people to your website. I'm sure we've all seen we've all seen social media posts where you're looking at it, you're thinking, ah, we know what you did there. You know, it's it's, it's just a case of they've done it you know, a certain thing just so it looks good on social media. But I mean, you can take that right back to even like Forged in Fire. You know, they always got the big flames coming on when they do a quench and stuff. You know, it's dramatic and it you know it gets eyes on the on the prize. I suppose. My thing is, how much time am I going to spend on this? That's always mm. for me. Like, ha- can I do this and it not burden my time? 
And now I'm doing a majority of cooking stuff because of my, all my volume, all my, the new viewership and stuff like that it, for new followers, they're interacting. Instagram is, is giving me an attaboy for food content, less shop content. So interesting. it's a weird, it's a weird space, but I mean, I, you know, it's kind of fun too. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, you want one more? Or that's uh, if we got another one. Do we got it, a couple yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, M three knives says I was listening back to an old episode, and Jeff mentioned soaking your hammers in boiled linseed oil to tighten that shaft. You can also use antifreeze. Don't know which is better, but up in Canada, it gets fucking cold, and that shit don't freeze or evaporate. Winky kissy face. <laughs> so what we're talking about is sometimes you know uh, most of these hammers are like an out the where the the eye where the part of the handle that goes to the eye is that eye area is like an hourglass and when you soak them in wind, mm-hmm. linseed oil the top part of the the uh the handle will expand to kind of make that hourglass shape a little bit bigger so yeah yeah and we could do more okay. there's more barrier there's more hand stuff but i think you've had you've had enough let's stick with the canadian theme for a bit and tell everybody about maritimeknifesupply.com uh, Lawrence is the man. He's made the one-stop shop for knife makers. Steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. Basically, anything we mention on the show, Lawrence will probably stock it. He really does. Uh, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They're also Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram. Um, go take a look, because they've got some really interesting stuff that you wouldn't necessarily always think about as well. So, yeah, definitely worth taking a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. All right, go back to questions. <laughs> you want okay. i mean the rest okay. of them are about hands everyone was very uh concerned about hands so we were talking about you know hand stuff so there's a lot of hand things mm. okay okay but, but yeah maybe we'll do that <clears throat> hand episode one day caught the hand job <laughs> exactly that's exactly what i was thinking hey ferdinand uh ferdinandez fernandez is you're right like five minutes away from spain what's what's you know, <laughs> ever heard of a name like that before ferdinandez serious dilemma this time he says um i am a le cordon bleu graduate with 15 plus years experience in the kitchen i'm also an accomplished knife thrower with twenty-one thousand empty followers on tiktok I usually make EDC or Hunter Camp knives. My knives tend to have a bit of a culinary influence by design. My question is, am I making a mistake by not tapping into those potential markets, such as throw-in or kitchen knives? I'm not tooled for stainless yet, so it would require some upgrades. Hmm. Um, so so he's making EDC Hunter Camp knives, but he's got a background in the kitchen and throw-in knives, which is yeah. a, a skill. Um. What do we think? Is he, is he missing a trick there? He's got 21,000, I mean, he calls them himself, empty followers on TikTok. Um, so, you know, you could potentially, you know, market to these people. Um, but, you know, is it worth the the upgrade? Hmm. Um, I have 18 followers. Do you know what? I'm going to say, personally, I'm going to say yes, because it's something that you're interested in anyway. You're a knife thrower yourself, you say. Um, so why wouldn't you want to make something that you're interested in? Um, you don't mention your interests as being, you know, hunting or camp, camp at all. But those are the knives you make, and I think if you're making something that you're interested in, you're gonna you're gonna love it more. So I think just give it a go, see what you think. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least you've got knives for yourself. It's something that you're gonna use. I think, yeah, if if it's your passion, make make something that you know leads into your passion. I'd say so. Yeah. What do you think, Mareko? Uh I agree. I mean, I think 
something that benefits the three of us, um, especially with making culinary knives, is that we love to cook. And hmm. with that background in the kitchen, I think it also helps inform you on a quality performance knife and also kind of lends to you being a kind of a trusted resource kind of in a way um, because of that background. Uh, now, just because you have that background doesn't necessarily mean uh, if somebody's just a chef and they've worked in restaurants for their whole life, doesn't necessarily mean they know how what the difference is between a high performance knife and a, and the opposite, um, but or one that doesn't perform well. But I think having that experience and being a maker and being able to kind of make those adjustments to create high performance knives, I think, really all play well to somebody. And I, I think honestly, like you're going to enjoy it more when you're making tools that you appreciate using yourself as well. I mean, it's, it's always mm, fun to yeah. step outside of the comfort zone, but, um, especially so you don't get burned out. Like we talked about, I think a couple episodes ago, but I think, um, yeah, I think it really behooves people to work in the genre that they know, but know best. Uh, I could see starting in hunting and hunting and bushcraft knives and, and camp knives as a way to start getting into knife making. Um, but yeah, I, w I would suggest getting into culinary knives because one, it's also one of the biggest markets um, in the world because just about every household in the world uses a culinary knife. Now, whether or not every single one of them is using a custom made knife, that's the different question. Um, but there are more people out there who are interested in getting those knives into their homes and using them. And um, yeah, that's, that's my take. So, mm. I mean, and it's a sincere going to your strengths is always sincere for sure. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah, hundred percent throwing knives. I would do the, I, we have a couple of listeners who are throwing knife throwing guys. Just like, I'm saying this quite like that. I don't think they listen anymore, but some of them are wackos. <laughs> some of them are like, you know, they, they'll do, oh, it's so funny. You know, when you're a child, you do things and you pretend to be someone and you do these things and you dress up and you get your shit, you know, you get your, put your BB gun on or whatever you do and you, you know, and then you make the jumping, jumping off the bed and you make your pose and everything like that. There are adults doing that too. And it's like, it's hilarious to me in their socks with their, their holsters on and they're throwing into these cardboard cutouts of like, you know, villains. And it's just like, you're almost 30. Shit. Sure. You're old enough that you can, you, you're old. If you're old, if you're old enough to do time, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Uh, see, I, I love throwing knives and, and hatchets and axes and stuff like that. But you don't, uh, do you do that dressing up and like putting no, a ninja no, costume like on and jumping out For of me, the window? For me, it's like darts. Right. Yeah, so I'm saying that there are dudes like they dress up like a ninja and jump off their bed and throw a fucking, <laughs> you know, fucking knife into a pumpkin. It's just like, come on, man. We're adults here. <laughs> Role players. Yeah, LARPers, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you'd want to actually throw a knife at someone. You know, you imagine yeah. this is the crazy part about us. You would actually want to throw a knife at another human being. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, but if you're in the pet position, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you're put in that position. Uh, Third Hill Custom says plating and serving forks, grinding tips, tips, secrets, how uh, to not launch one into your chest, for example. 
Whoa. Uh, maybe how do you start your blanks? Is it worth forging them uh, versus water jet cutting them out? How do you suggest Mareko doing uh, plating slash serving forks? I mean, I haven't really done that. I, you're the one that did the sausage poker fork, right? I mean, yeah. Is that the same kind of thing, right? I mean, or, I make like forks. Like plating with spaghetti? I make forks. I, yeah. I mean, I make great forks. And the way I first started them is, and this is probably a metalworking thing, is you have to figure out all your travel. And part of that travel is how are you going to make, how are you going to clean out the bottom of where the tines are? Mm-hmm. Um, how, depending how thin they are, you have to have all the equipment ready to go and answer before you start cutting things out, answer, how am I going to finish this? How am I going to clean this? How am I going to, so there's a lot of little things. What I would suggest is, is one of the best ways to cut, to stock removal a fork is you find, you know, you draw it out and you figure it out and then you drill the hole where the bottom of the, the valley of where the, the tongs meet. And then you cut Tines. your tines. What did I say? Tongs. tongs. I mean, t- t- your tines. So you drill your hole out. So the bottom of that drill hole forms what the end shape of the fork is going to be, where the, mm. the valley of the tines. So you have to think about stuff like that because you don't all of a sudden, what are we, how am I going to get, uh, the, how do I get into the, you know, the, the, the valley with my, the platen? Well, obviously sometimes the platen ain't going to fit. So you have to, the most important thing is figuring out how you're going to finish everything. Um, that's how I would do it. I would drill, I would drill the hole and then I would cut, cut it, cut it with the bandsaw and then clean it up as, as much mm-hmm. as possible. But then also if you're stock removing and you're going to plate, plate quench it, you got to keep it, you want to keep it as, you know, you don't want to taper too much because you want to make sure that you get the, the whole thing. So that's the one mm-hmm. thing I, I think with knife making in general, all of it is you've got to figure out your end product and how your roughing out fits into your end product. Sure. I guess I do actually. I I made a roast fork one time, uh, and it blew up on me. So I do have a couple tips. Um, when you are grinding the tines, and this goes with like hidden tangs too. If when you're grinding the hidden tang, always support it, whether with your hand or a mm. push a push stick, because if you're if you're just holding like the body of the fork or the knife off to the side and it's only the belt in contact with the tine or the tang even um it will start to basically rub against it like um uh like a bow against a violin string it'll create a resonant free it'll hit a resonant frequency and it'll pop i've had tangs pop off and on that roast fork i made one of the tines popped off and that was a heartbreaker because i forged that out of um what was it it was space woots it was made it was a kind of it was a woots ingot that was made using some um um holy shit i can't think of meteorite steel and or uh, meteorite iron and so uh that was a heartbreaker for that to happen and what's silly is that i knew that rule and i still fucked it up anyways um, so always support the tines when they're grinding against the um, the belt for sure. Um, if, when it goes to cleaning up at the bottom of that valley uh, between the t- if uh, between the two tines, um, one thing that really does help and and the deep platen that I designed with Broadback is handy for this is getting a slack belt, a nice J flex like two twenty even after you drill like a two twenty should clean up in there just fine. Um, but get the slack, uh, and, and 
and have it actually, I think what really helps is to have, uh, not to have the belt tracked right in line with the wheels, but actually have it tracked off by maybe even like a quarter of an inch, three eighths of an inch the that rounds. will give a little extra softness on that edge. And then you can ride that belt belt down into that kind of the, whatever the Valley of the tines and get right into that curve very easily. Dial back that speed if you can. Um, and, and I would say down to like 20% or something like that and just take your time, get in there, clean it up. Um, but that way, um, you can have that can kind of control to get everything really cleaned up to a nice finish. And you could follow that with a 400, 600, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that, those are my two tips for working on the tines. And if you're going to get a grinder, a broadback is definitely the way to go. Um, they have been great sponsors and supporters of the show. They make awesome grinders. They're makers making grinders for makers, uh, especially when it comes to the, the blade game, the, you know, the craft of knife making. And um, yeah, I, I constantly refer to them as the what the Swiss Army knife of the shop because you can have like basically six, seven different machines in one by swapping out different tooling arms from a disc to a a buffing arm to the slack arm to the surface grinder to all kinds of different things. So if you go to Broadback Ironworks and at checkout use Knife Talk 10, you can save yourself 10% when you check out on any of their packages, tool arms, uh, and the different equipment they sell. Again, go check out broadbackironworks.com and use Knife Talk 10 at checkout. Last thing is on that, especially the valley between yeah. the tines. I try to finish as much as possible in there before heat treatment for a stock removal. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good move. Because it, it do, you don't want to have to do a ton of grinding when the steel is harder, especially if you're stainless. Like, especially right. if you're if you're in your mind, you're just like, I'm just going to get the Dremel out. Well, right. when it's hardened, your Dremel is going to like kill, you're going to hate you. And it's going to be, and you're going to go into the Dremel game of you don't got four, you got three Dremels, you ain't Dremeling right. So do right. yourself a favor and try to, there's a lot of knives that I make where I try to do as much finishing as possible for heat treatment, like oyster knives. And um, I leave with my forks, the with the fader forks, the, the forks we make, I all I leave for heat treatment, after heat treatment is the tines because I want to make sure that like the, hmm. the first, you know, inch, inch and a half of the tines because I want to keep it full thickness, but at the same time, I don't want to be grinding for the rest of my life. And the other thing is... <laughs> Grind tines down, tines down. Oh, yeah. You cannot go tines, tines up, especially if you're using a Scotch Brite, because then it's all hell breaks loose. Yikes! No, geez. all hell breaks <laughs> loose. You know, she, you know, fire down right into your pants. You know, you're gonna get that fork in the ass, and you never know. Yeah, don't do it. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Devil's Hollow Forge says, "Hey fellas, um, I'm sure you've probably gotten this question at some point." Um, but when or what was the point that you decided to go full-time? Um, I'm sure that solutions vary for each person, and in the end it's all about the amount of work you're willing to invest. Um, but I wonder if there's a financial stability point uh, you should reach before making the move. I know all businesses go through startup struggles, so I'm, I'm just trying to get some input before I start making my own move. And that's Matthew at Devil's Hollow Forge. Um, I think you just hit the nail on the head yourself. It's it's so different for everybody. Everybody has, um, and we answer this question in detail but probably about once a month really it's, it's a really common question for us um and we always end up saying that everybody's got different sort of financial obligations i suppose so it's not one size fits all um it really isn't you know a, a married man with a family is in a very different situation to a 17 year old just starting out um 
so yeah, it, it it just needs to be a decision where you'll be comfortable knowing that it's going to be it's going to be a hard six months, you know, at, at least um, to get to get things going. There's this dream um, that everyone has, and the dream is I think I will be happier when I'm on my own. Mm. It's a dream, mm. and yeah, yeah. you well, don't it's, have it's a grass is greener situation for sure. It's definitely grass is greener, absolutely. And you think you think there's this, you know. You, you have this idea of what it would be like, and I'll be my own boss, and then the orders are going to come in, and then I don't have to worry about this, and I don't have to worry about that. And it's really like, it's such a fucking banana tailpipe. I mean, it, it is like the things that you don't realize are 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 always very shocking. Mm-hmm. Always very shocking. Mm-hmm. And the things that you don't think could possibly come up. Like I talked about months ago where I had a message that the IRS was going to come to the door of the house. Well, obviously that didn't happen, but it was just like, what? What are you talking about? Hmm. You know, there's things that come at, you know, like I had a, we had an accident in the shop and I had to make sure I had workman's comp and we had to make sure we had insurance in place to make sure that it was an accident. But at the same time, I can't just say, okay, you're on your own. So there's Hmm. a lot of things that come up that you just don't think about. But I don't want to discourage you either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, but everybody's different. There's no, there's no set answer, unfortunately. The set, a big set answer is you talk to someone like Mike Quisenberry, who said he's he says I'm never going to do it full time. I'm just going to. I have a great job. I love my job, and I'm going to make what I want to make and keep this as mm-hmm. a fun hobby that I like. Yeah, no. you know. Nothing wrong with that. Do you know what you could do? You could stay in your in your office job, in your little cubicle. You could fire up a browser and go to knifeprint.com and live out all your dreams. Your boss would never know. Well. You can design <laughs> knives as long as you wanted. Uh, knifeprint.com. If you don't know, by the way, knifeprint.com is, is a um, it's it's a CAD it's a CAD program, but in the browser, so you don't have to download any programs or anything like that. It's all just done directly in the browser. You can design beautiful knives. They've got special tools, um, which are knife-specific as well, which is quite unusual. Um, and, and it's great. And what you can do then is obviously print out to paper your templates, or you can print out to steel. You pick the stock that you want, um, the, you know, the, the, the size you want, the, the, the type of material, and um, hit print, and they'll ship it to you as well. They'll, they'll actually water jet out cut out this this steel and ship it to you um knifeprint.com let you live out all those dreams all from your little cubicle in work your boss would never ever know Can, i just one thing i want to add that was something that we don't really talk about is i find that people who have had a little bit of experience running small business have an edge over these some of these dreamers I was talking to, I had um, uh, Matt Gentry on Full Blast. And he started out as a a car detailer. He had a car detailing business. Mm. And what was interesting is he would talk about, we could figure out how many cars, we had a a ton of cars they were working with alongside car dealerships. And they were, you know, they, they were busy. They could only do so many cars per day. And it was like, they had to crunch the numbers to figure out what was worth it, what wasn't worth it. So he had this background and experience of the expectations of the day-to-day job in order to keep this business running. And I feel as though when someone has a little bit more real-world experience in terms of the real expectations of what it means to have a small business, I feel like you almost have more of an upper hand than I just learned how to do this on YouTube and I think I can do this for a living. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we always say you need to be, you know, a great accountant. You need to be good at customer or service. Pay. You need to know about, you know, get your insurances in order. There's all these extra. It's not just the fun right. part of making knives. It's all that other stuff. And whether after doing that, all the, that other stuff, whether you still have that same desire to make knives, great. But for a lot of people, that'll suck all the enjoyment out of it. I, I talk to so many people who are like, I'm so glad I don't have employees anymore. And I, I like people who had employees, are just like, oh, I fucking hate it. I enjoy having employees. I enjoy trying to be, you know, lead for a common goal. So some people like that. Some people don't like it. And there's all these little things that people like and they don't like. But it's tricky because mm. there's so there's so much people are, I don't know if they're miserable, but it feels like there's so many people are miserable and they feel as though they found something that they can make and that will save their mental health. And mm. it's like, could turn into a fucking disaster. Sure. I, I have a buddy who is a professional painter and he used to work for a guy who had a bunch of employees and a lot of them, for a lot of them, it was just a fucking job. They weren't chasing after painting for painting interiors, cabinets, exteriors and stuff like that. Like that was their passion in life. A lot of people go mm. and get jobs because they need to fucking feed themselves, support their family, have a house, all that other shit, right? Where I think we're like, especially Jeff, you're in a unique position where David working for you, it, like, it's not just a job. Like it's also part of his, it's like an extension of his own personal passionate pursuit. And so he versus, so him as an employee versus people who are there just to get a fucking paycheck and check the fuck out when they leave. Like it's very different. But um, it, it, and but I could see how same, you, having him as an employee is a much more enjoyable well, versus a bunch of ding dongs that it's, don't give a shit. That's not, the, I mean, that's not the enjoyable part. The enjoyable part is the, the, the fact remains is based on everybody who's ever come to the shop. He's the only one who is, and he's listening to this right now, David, don't fucking come in on Monday or Tuesday and start smiling, a big smile, oh, smile. <laughs> oh just, shit, just you're about go. to say something nice. No, I was going to say that like, he, <laughs> it's hard. I don't live in Brooklyn where I could have a pick of the litter where people just take the subway. It's hard. Right. It, it was the perfect storm. He listened to this podcast and it all worked out and you know. It, we don't sit around talking about knife making, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, it's, it's, I see this more like a metal shop than like this, you know, this right. explore, exploratory, a laboratory of metal, this is a metal shop. And, and so, but it's good. I, I, but at the same time, I like the idea of being able to make, make it so people are interested in being here. You know, same thing with mm -hmm. Allison. Allison, I yeah. talked to Allison. She's fired up. She when she she's got a big. We might she might have a big sale coming up, and she's like fired up. I mean, I don't think it can happen, mm -hmm. but I'm trying. I'm not trying to poo-poo the whole thing, but this is a giant steak knife order. I, we've been down this road before, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell her to you know keep going, but don't don't hang your hat on it. It's I like the managing of people um, and trying for the greater good, but some people just don't want that. No. Yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. Save, save it for your yeah. newsletter, Fader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we? Do, 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 be, 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 be. Matthew Irvin. Matt. Matthew Irvin. What were yes. you going to say? Matt the Wit. What would you have said? <laughs> Matt the Wervin. <laughs> Matthew Wervin or Matthew Matt the Wervin. Wervin. Um, listener, word, yeah. uh, listener question regarding to anvil setup. I'm hoping to buy an anvil and use it in a two-car garage with a concrete floor, but I'm worried the impact from forging will damage the floor. If I 
use a log as an anvil stand, will that mitigate the force on the floor? Uh, will the anvil mitigate for? Uh, will the anvil mitigate force on the concrete? Well, Craig, you have anvils for all over the place. I mean, it, <laughs> tripping over. I mean, it, tripping over. It is them. a it is a anvil <laughs> orchard out there in France. They 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 use it for weights, for door stops, whatever it takes. Footrest, uh, just to put coffee mug coffee mugs on. To be honest, <laughs> how many you honestly? How many you have? Probably six. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Are they are they like big? Are they even big? No, none of them are huge. None of them are huge. They, they can all be lifted and moved. Um, just you know, they're heavy, heavy, but um, not not six handles. Craig Lockwood. <laughs> anyway, okay. So he's on about the impact. Uh, I, I suppose it's going to depend on how thick that concrete slab right. is. I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, using an anvil stand such as you know a big slab of wood, a big a big tree trunk. Um, I mean, that's that's going to absorb some of that. I'm I'm sure it would. Some of that energy that's going down to the floor. Pretty sure it would. Um, and if if nothing else is sort of d- dissipating a bit slightly from where if you've got anvil and you maybe have you know there's certain points where it hits the floor by using a big tree trunk, you know you're making that impact zone bigger. So it's, it's going to help. Um, but you know. Uh, scientifically, I've got no no background or proof in any of that. It's just you know, just what I, I'd imagine. I think you should start throwing your six around. I want, I want to see a pic. You got to send a picture of them six. <laughs> <laughs> Acquiring minds want to know. Little to big. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo. Acquiring minds want to know about that six itcher you have. Yeah, <laughs> Rekka, what do you think? So, what do you think that with the floor? Is is this? You know, should you be worried about a, a, a garage floor? I mean, I feel like I wouldn't be. Most most standard concrete floors are at least four inches, um, a, a four inch slab. And even honestly, if it was a two inch, it, I would. If it was, a, I think, I think maybe if I was a if it was a smaller anvil, I might be a little bit more concerned. But for a larger anvil, meaning like. 150 plus you're probably f- totally fine and i use a metal st- i have a metal stand for my anvil and it's a little like tripod and i love it and it's great it, it's easy to move around but it also displays uh displaces the force um pretty nicely you, you also gotta dial back the credit you might be giving yourself you're not fu- <laughs> gonna do that <laughs> you're not fucking thor hitting the fucking steel and the anvil the the impact that you're creating when you're forging is not that much um so it's probably really just fine yeah you're my man my man's got a high opinion of his swing he got a high opinion of his swing (laughs) a high opinion yeah the the only things you got to worry about are like power hammers really i mean unless you're doing like mega you know striking with like you know you got like a b- bunch of dudes but i don't think i've ever seen i mean a lot of some people put down like uh horse mats underneath sure. yeah. um but at the same time like yeah especially for knife making i mean you're not going to be like forging down giant billets i don't really see that being a problem i mean if you're if you're i'd be more worried about your hoa getting mad at you you know for what sure. i mean like that's gonna your neighbors are gonna be that is the one thing especially if you're in a two-car garage in like a play in an area you're gonna your issue isn't gonna be them cracks. It's gonna be them people calling you up or mm. calling the police or saying this guy I got a guy oh speaking of which, there is a guy, a neighbor, who's using a right angle grinder, but he's he's going he's just doing these bursts like ee, ee, 
all fucking day and night. And I just want to, and my, my wife was like, that is so annoying. I'm like, I hope that guy fucking, I wanted to yell, I hope you ruin whatever piece of fucking equipment you have. <laughs> he was like using it wrong, but like so loud in the neighborhood. And, and everyone's just like, God, when's this guy going to shut up? And I'm like, he's going to shut up when he breaks that fucking grinder. Because he's just like driving yeah. it in. I think you make so. a really good point though that and the noise that you're going to make with the anvil is probably a bigger concern and i think that's where an anvil stand of some sort will come in uh wrapping the anvil with some sort of chains or having magnets on it i i've heard of uh, i've i've been seeing more and more people using um uh like a silicone caulk along the base to help dampen the ring uh, or the yeah the the vibration from striking the anvil or striking striking it into, on the anvil. it doesn't do enough because uh, we used to do we used to adhere the uh, we used to use Sikaflex to adhere okay. anvils to anvil stands it doesn't it won't change the the it won't oh, make really? a big difference it won't make a big difference especially if you have something like uh, John John Ariani and I used to refer to there are city anvils and country anvils and like fishers which are a little bit duller they don't have as much of a ring we'd call city anvils because they weren't as loud as like mm -hmm. a hey button is fucking i mean it's like the liberty bell it's like you know you want to you it's super duper loud and we call them country anvils um mm. but it's it's a tough spot that's going to be the hardest part especially if you're in like a community when i hear a two-car garage i think you got neighbors and i would just know that they're coming over or they're going to say something or <laughs> They're going to be annoyed, especially if you're doing, they're out in the summer, it's the summertime, trying to enjoy the last weeks of summer. Walking outside, around with the family They're outside the lying, lying in the backyard, and all of a sudden, you're ding, 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 ding. You're <laughs> hey, Matt, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Yeah, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you fucking, what are you ding, ding, dinging over there for? Well, I'm forging a knife. Well, forge it some other time. I'm trying to enjoy myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, um, Jeff. Go ahead. What size pants do you wear? What size pants do I wear? 36, 32. Mm, there nice. we go. Thank you very much. What would happen, right? I, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know what would happen in your situation. You're driving go your ahead. car and your wife is sitting go next ahead. to you, right? Um, the phone is in the middle of the car now because the maps are on okay. there, right? And the, you, a little ding out, a DM comes up and it's, it's a lady's name. And it says, hey, what size pants are you? And I mean, in the UK... Pants are different because pants are underwear. Right. They're not, as you'd call them, trousers. So your wife sees this now as you're driving. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would happen in your life? What, 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 how would this sort of round itself oh, out? I'd give my, I mean, my wife would probably assume that it's either a, mis a misunderstanding and she would just relentlessly break my balls for a while. Okay. That is not the finest purveyor of stainless Damascus in the world. Who slide into DMs asking what size pants you are? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> That's exactly so what, what happened. What did your wife say? She she just she, I think she thought it was a bot, but I was just like, oh, I started laughing because I thought it was very funny. But um, um, anyway, that leads us on very nicely to to Dharma Steel, uh, <laughs> Dharma Steel se. As I say, the finest makers of stainless damascus in the world they've got some of the most beautiful shapes uh, shapes one of patterns uh, um all listed on the site and they've got some lovely pictures so you can see them all as well um go take a look darmasteel.se i say beautiful special special stuff so if you'd want to make that that special knife go take a look um Dharma Steel lab is the place to go to for some inspiration because their instagram is great great pictures of of 
stuff that people have made using Dharma Steel. Um, go take a look. It's easy to work with. And um, and they sell pants, as we now know. Go take a look. DharmaSteel.se. That's funny. It, it, it was funny, but it could have gone the other way. It could oh, have yeah, easily gone the other way. You're a rock star now. All of a sudden, people want to, you know, <laughs> they want to give it to you. I, I mean, when I, I throw I, pants I, to you I, on stage, I need to know what size you wear. <laughs> yeah. I get multiple requests each day asking about my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. Anyway, let's do a couple more and we'll, we'll head off. Marc LeBlanc, uh, what's the most significant thing you've learned in the past year that's helped your knife making? Mareko. Oh boy. Um, to take it easy on myself when I make mistakes. And, and this is a, nice. a lesson I should have learned a long time ago because the craft of making fucking anything is full of making mistakes. And honestly, being too hard on myself has really uh, slowed down kind of my learning process and my productivity, honestly, because then I get down on myself and all this shit when the reality is it's just part of it it's just part of the reality of making anything and so fuck okay great you made a mistake now how do you fix it how do you move forward um instead of getting down on yourself and so i i have a tendency to do that um especially because i struggle a lot with uh perfectionism um and so that's probably one of the bigger things that i've really come around to adopting into my my life and, and uh honestly when because when i fuck something up make a mistake instantly i'm like god you fucking idiot why how could you do that kind of shit and uh i heard this uh on, on a podcast the other day but a guy a guy did the same thing he, he used to struggle with um perfectionism and being really hard on himself and um and he got some great advice from i think a therapist or whoever and they're like Next time you make a mistake and you start to have that talk, that negative self-talk, stop. And then imagine you are, a friend is telling you that they, they made that mistake and they're being hard on themselves. What advice would you mm. give them? Write it down and then read it to yourself because you need to be kinder to yourself. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. It, mistakes happen. So make the mistake learn from it and move forward. Don't try try to dwell as little on it as possible because it just doesn't help anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on that note, this is something that I wanted to bring up only because, uh, it was, I was asked to as well. Uh, one of our listeners, I was, I had, when I had Bob Rankin on and he was talking mm. about the death of his son, right. I had found out that there's this new program in the United States. It's, and it's a telephone number. It's called nine eight eight, And it's, for you to call like 911, but it's someone to talk to. It's free counseling. If you're in crisis, if you don't even have to be in crisis, 988 is a new program. It's almost a year old. But the problem is, is people are afraid that it's like 911 and then they geo track you and then all of a sudden a dude shows up with a butterfly net, a straight jacket, which is not the case. It's basically free. It's. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why these people aren't calling 988. When they, they yeah, want yeah. you to call yeah. before you're like, what they're trying to do is they're trying to prevent, you know, more things. You know, they're trying to get law enforcement out of dire issues. But they're saying this yeah. is basically free counseling, or they're going to help you if you're a vet. If you're a vet, if you're in, if you're on the verge of a problem or you need someone to talk to, they can also help. They'll, you'll, someone will get on the line and they can help you find the right place to go to. So. 
just to let you know, 988, they ain't gonna, you know, ain't gonna get the butterfly in it. And if you're outside the United States, you're on your own. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I found that to be funny. <laughs> kind of yeah. Obnoxious. No, I mean, there's, there's the Samaritans in the UK, and the, 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 I'm sure many of other countries have, have, have Not the French, systems. they don't have that. They say, ah, Sassou oh, French. Fuck. Oh, no, no, you're yeah. on your own. Drink some wine, you'll be fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you learned? Okay, then, Jeff. The most significant thing you've learned in the past year that's helped your knife making? Uh, patience. Patience in, in not oh. rushing something. Because you, I have these specific deadlines, and sometimes I do the old, I could do a little bit more, and that's always a problem. So I uh, like glue, waiting for glue to dry. I used to only use the five-minute epoxy, except for yesterday, the four-minute epoxy. And then I'm down with the 24-hour epoxy. And there are times where I know that we could now, David, if we just do this, we could get this done by the end of the day. And sometimes I back off and just say, well, we, I don't want to rush this particular spot. We'll get to it tomorrow. That's been yeah. like, and not being frantic or excited or too excited. Like this guy wanted to make this knife and he thought he was going to make it in a day. And I'll be like, you got to just trust me. You're, what's going to happen is, is you're going to fuck it up. And you, you just, we've done all this work. Let's just make sure we do it right. So patience has been something that i've been much better with yeah mine's in a very similar vein of yeah it's it's not a race um but mine is more about sort of growing the business i suppose as opposed to making the knife um where yeah just you know trying to sort of run before i could walk a bit really um so yeah exactly the same thing patience it's you know i used to be like i just want this done and then you know Mm. Like using a five in epoxy and then not really drying through, but yeah, yeah, it'll dry later. It's just like, uh, mm. just let it go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's a good time to maybe finish the show. Um, anything else you like, guys would like to add? I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> I mean, what else you want to add? Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and we shall speak to you again next week, as we do every Monday morning. So bye for now. Speak to you soon. Bye. Okay. Okay. I'm not even going to press the button. <laughs> there we go. No button. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't find the button. Okay. Um. Yeah. All good. That was a good one. That was a good. That's I like the pace of that. Yeah. It was. Um. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. This room is a bloody sweat oh, box nice. at the moment. It is so hot. We've gone from having like virtually no summer to all of a sudden this week he's just going okay summer's here we're going to condense it all into one week and it's just like oh. summer's over here we're already starting to see the leaves turn and no shit really yeah. getting cold yeah it sucks oh. I am not oh. going the next next week you're not I'm going to be you know I'm going to be miserable are you guys miserable. driving out? No. Okay. I just, I don't know. I don't know if you're I'm taking a car full of shit cross, for a dorm room or what. I'm not driving cross country for goddamn, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I used to drive when I used to go to college. When I went to college, it was an eight hour drive and I hated it. But we're not, no, we're not seeing the country. We want to get her over there as quickly as possible. Yeah. However, it's probably going to end up taking mean, with getting to the airport. It's probably going to be the same <laughs> drove anyway. It does. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. 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 No, we're flying out there. We're excited. Yeah, us to the UK is is like an hour and ten minute flight, but it it's basically all day. By the time you get to the airport and you're hanging oh, around, Christ. and yeah, yeah it's always. Yeah, I tell you what, the craziest always. thing was, and I'm now it's changed the way I think of flying. Is when I went down to my uncle's funeral and I went flow flew from New York, 
went to the funeral and flew back the same day made me change my mind on a lot of things mm. that was can just the fact that i didn't have to fucking stay over and i didn't have to that it, now all of a sudden a two-day trip is a one-day trip really opened mm. my eyes to like travel maybe i don't need to stay overnight places nice you know yeah i'm, I'm getting ready to go down to florida actually on sunday i fly out and i'm going to be at uh be working with steve schwarzer down in oh, florida nice. for a week in the fucking taint of the devil's taint down oh, in florida yeah. it's gonna be so hot down there it's like oh, the so hottest time of the year and i'm gonna be in florida it's gonna will be you awesome. be here next week yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna use uh steve's setup okay you've chatted with him right cool. a couple times right oh well, good luck he had oh, a dude really? he had a dude who fucking bring a mic you know i don't okay i don't necessarily know but you know don't count on don't count on I think I might have even lent him a snowball or whatever the blue I, I can take my setup totally. So I think I'll do that then. I used to travel just with my setup, know. and it just been, has been a while. So, but yeah, it's not a problem. I'll just bring my setup. What are you gonna do with Steve? Um, it's kind of up in the air, honestly. What it is is me wanting to get some quality time um, with a maker that I respect and and a guy I've grown really close to over the past few years and and just getting that time um <laughs> it, it sounds terrible to say this but n n and and you know we all want steve around as long as he possibly can be but even when you talk to him he's like oh, i feel like i got one foot in the grave kind of shit <laughs> you know and well, he does as a joke he does he jokes around about that stuff i know too. He, it's a, it's amazing like how great a shape he is in for what is he he's in his early 80s right i don't think so Season, late, late 70s, 70s or something like that. anyways don't put him in the ground yet i'm not don't put I'm him not. in the ground yet <laughs> so i have just i've had um i've had missed opportunities with um people that i that i care about in the past and um who are no longer in the world and so um i just and, and i've i'm tired of missing those opportunities uh to get to know them better to spend that quality time with them so i'm trying to get that time because right now we got it and i'm sure i'll still see steve around for fucking years it's just i um right now we got the opportunity and the opening in our in our life for me to go down and take a few days to hang out with steve for all i know we'll just hang around and eat food and talk knives and shit like that the whole time we could do some work we don't really have anything scheduled it's just me going down and spending some quality time with the man nice yeah nice sounds like a good trip Right, well, I'm going to leave you guys to it um, before I sweat my complete mat off. <laughs> only one? And, um, <laughs> only one of them? Just, just the, the one, one, just the one, the left one at the moment, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a good show, been a good show. Thank you again. Speak to you both soon. Bye for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.